Happy Tuesday and welcome to Not Boring Founders, the podcast where we talk to founders in the Not Boring portfolio about how they're building the future. Today, we have a special one for you. It's the first time that we've had two guests on at the same time. Today, we have Tommy Nicholas, the CEO and co-founder of Alloy, which is an identity decisioning platform that helps banks and fintech companies automate their decisions for onboarding, transaction monitoring, and credit underwriting. And Jack Alton, who's the CEO of NeuroID and a returning guest to the Not Boring Founders podcast. If you haven't listened to my previous episode with Jack, you absolutely should. Now, the reason I have both Jack and Tommy on at the same time is because their two companies, Alloy and NeuroID, are announcing a partnership. And I wanted to, one, kind of understand what's going on in the world of fraud and how these two companies are working together to fight online fraud and actually reduce friction and improve conversion rates and, and all of that. But then, two, to understand how a partnership like this actually comes together. The fun thing about talking to people who are in the Not Boring portfolio is that Hopefully, I can get them to open up a little bit more and, and let you behind the scenes like I do with the Not Boring Deep Dives. So without further ado, Jack Alton and Tommy Nicholas, Not Boring Founders. Jack and Tommy, great to have you both here today. I figured because there's three of us here on this today and normally it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I might as well mix it up a little bit and have you introduce each other and each other's companies. Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot and have you introduce Tommy and Alloy. Nothing like a curveball right out of the gate. No, happy to do it. Super, super pleased to be partnered with Alloy. I think everybody on this call knows who they are. They are the identity platform out there that's growing in a phenomenal clip. We got to know Alloy through a mutual investor and just loved what we saw from a culture standpoint, from the technology that they built and really lined up well with the behavioral technology that we were bringing to market. So happy to be partnered with them. Um, looking forward to talking about the new products that we're launching that'll be available uh, on their platform. Great job. And Tommy, could you tell us a little bit about Jack and NeuroID? All right. So let me pitch you NeuroID, Packy. I know you already are on board, but I'm going to double pitch you. In an alloy world, we're trying to make financial services experiences frictionless while also safe for the companies that offer them. And one of the problems that we get into a lot is what I call a censorship problem, which is like, financial services companies have to solve fraud problems or they'll go out of business. And so they have to decline customers from having accounts because they think they're fraudulent. And once they do that, at that point, they'll never know whether they were right or wrong, because you'll never know what good customers actually looked like that you did give accounts unless they call you and they somehow talk you into the fact that you really should have given them an account. And actually those are mostly fraudsters because that, that's how they social engineer this stuff. What NeuroID is allows you to track the behavior of all users, whether they submit applications or not, whether you decline their applications or not, to both make better decisions, but also to have a sort of complete data set of all applicants and how they actually behave as they're applying for accounts. And it's a new source of information, a new very powerful source of information that is augmentary, complementary to what other people are doing and also solves this problem of how do we actually tell the difference between good customers, bad customers, and exactly what the brands of those are. So we're excited to partner with NeuroID, and that's the axis on which we're looking to attack this problem. I mean, that was fantastic. I would love to invest again. Do you have room available? Packy would like to invest. Changing the format of this call. We're just we're a live pitch call. We make decisions really quickly. Yeah, I mean, Tommy's hired. 
I think we just announced some M&A too. We're having, we're having fun here. But no, we are here to talk about the, the partnership that, that you guys have done. Jack, can you tell us the nuts and bolts of, of the partnership on the product side? And then I'm going to poke you guys to tell us a little bit about how it came together. Yeah, you bet. So at the highest level, you know, the way we look at the world is there's this post-submit world and there's this pre-submit world. And if you think about all of the decision logic trees that have been built today, they're pretty much after someone hits submit. And then that's when the ML goes into place. That's when all the different sources of data go into place. And in that scenario, we've certainly advanced, but if you, if you really take a hard look at conversion rates and you look at ever-increasing fraud rates, we simply don't have enough visibility into a couple of fundamental questions. Are you who you say you are and, and should I do business with you? What's exciting about a partnership between NeuroID and Alloy is Alloy has built out this world-class infrastructure for one API integration, gets you access to all these best-in-class identity and fraud tools. And they also bring to bear a lot of experience on how to wield those tools to, to get to the best outcomes. But what is missing for everyone is this pre-submit world, all the information, the taps, types, and swipes of as packy inputs and, and registers for a new credit card or a new consumer loan, how did he put in that information? And just as when we were in person, there was a lot of tells that would be apparent to us if someone wasn't who they said they were, if we were sitting across the desk from them, we're kind of recapturing that and reconnecting brands with their customer by unlocking this pre-submit data. What we see is this powerful combination of taking best in class, one API gets you all these world-class fraud and risk tools plus advice on how to use them, but then also now this, this powerful pre-submit layer that helps me use all those tools better. So we're really excited about it. We're excited about the cultural match between the two companies, and we're excited to announce all the amazing things that are going to happen from this as customers get better outcomes. Yeah. Can I, can I add on just a little bit to that right now, especially in my life when I was like 21. And I thought I wanted to like be in a rock band. I don't think I would say this sentence, but right now I'm spending all of my time and I'm very obsessed with solving financial services fraud. And I was a seven year old company. We've always been really passionate about what happens when you make it easier to build financial companies, financial services companies that are digitized, especially that are offered mass market to everybody. And you make those products really easy to use. We've always been passionate about believing that what's hard about building financial services products is risk. If you and I want to go build a note taking app, our users aren't risky. They just like write notes and they might write nasty notes or they might write good notes, but generally that's not our problem unless we become like massive and like a systemic risk to the country or something like Facebook. In financial services, if we launch a small neobank, we are at risk, right? And so what makes it hard to build these things is, is risk. And then what makes it hard to make them easy to use is risk. Oh, and you're swiping your credit card. Do I process that payment or not? You're signing up for an account. Do I allow you to? That's the hard thing. So I've always been passionate about that. Right now, I, I feel for the first time in the seven years that I've been, you know, trying to build Alloy with this great group of people, I feel that even for companies that are working their butts off trying to solve fraud and are really being clever about it, there's existential risk. There's existential risk either that they'll have to shut those products down or that they'll actually start to narrow who they do business with. I wrote something about this recently about, you know, some very large progressive financial services companies that are not allowing deposits from some of their counterparts because those deposits are so consistently fraudulent. These are good, best-in-class, new technology-savvy companies that want to be serving folks. 
So how did this partnership come together? There's inertia all the time, right? So like something had to happen. That's like, let's make the partnership now and in a major way, not a small way, because we can partner with anyone by just doing an integration or an integration platform. So we could always do that. Why do we want to tell the story of like, use pre-submit data, use behavioral data to start to get to better outcomes? That is the core of it. And I think right now we've got to be throwing the book at this problem. I think it's a financial access problem. I think it's existential for the fintech industry and to the extent that even is an industry. Uh, and I think it's an existential problem for a lot of the folks that we work with. And, and I think right now, you know, our customers are not seeing it as an existential problem always because we've done a good job of kind of keeping them ahead of the curve. I just feel like it's coming. Broad organizations are better funded, more ambitious, and more clever than they've ever been. And we got to be ready. And so that's a lot of the crux of what got us moving quickly on this topic. Well, my concern with this, with NeuroID in general, and with this in particular, is just that these well-funded fraud organizations are just going to start hiring people with remember all of my PII and, and input it like it's actually theirs. Jack, how do we stop that? Behavior has some superpowers. One of the superpowers is to, to watch the crowd, right? There's some really powerful insight that can come from watching the crowd every day, all day, monitoring and alerting, and there's changes there. Your question's really down at the applicant level, you know, can I try to memorize Packy's PII and input it in a way that makes it look like it came from his long-term memory? That, that'd be pretty tough uh, to uh, do. We neatly, we, we begin to chunk data if we, if we don't know it. So we can remember when we look at a social security number as an example, about five to seven characters. If it's ours, we know all nine of them and they flow off the tips of our fingers. If we don't, we really can't get around that. And that's one of the, the cool things about behavior is it's very difficult to fake. The other thing that's really cool as we launch more and more international customers is that this source of data spans internationally. So we are humans and looking at humans uniquely is a really powerful frictionless way to help guide identity and guide the use. Packy, you're Mr. Crypto. You're, that's how uh, the people on the crypto channel at Alloy they love you. It's all, it's all packy this, packy that, right? So, so we're just going to call you Mr. Crypto. I know massive exaggeration, but okay. You, you've thought a lot about crypto and all this stuff. Proof of work is what we're looking for in fraud prevention. We're trying to make it like physically hard to commit fraud. And I, I think we should talk later about how that is some of the ways we've done that in the past are starting to break down in the industry because fraudsters that we thought would never spend the amount of effort it's going to take to commit fraud or like spending the effort. But every time we make it so it's like, okay, like, well, what if they go and like actually remember and put in their long-term memory this data? It's like, all right, well, we've raised the bar. We just raised the bar a lot. And now the amount of work they're going to have to put in layered in with all the other things that we can help people deploy and kind of put all this stuff together. We're going to push them over our limit where they're going to be like, all right, well, if there's any other group of people <laughs> to fraud, we're going to go defraud those because these people make it really, really physically hard. That makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's you protecting kind of your customers first and foremost. If, if fraud stops happening, like the world is a better place. But for now, your job is to protect your customers first and foremost. What does that flow look like then where you're integrating NeuroID? Is it automatic that the customer has NeuroID? Is there some opt-in that they do or there are different levels? Like, what does that piece of it uh, look like for an Alloy customer? Yeah, so I, well, we're, what we're trying to set people up to do is two things. We're looking to set them up to be able to as frictionlessly get integrated so that they can use NeuroID. 
And one of the things that we're going to offer is a free tier to that, where they get certain layers of value from that integration. And that layer of value is going to be insights into potential fraud rates that they are a part. It's not going to be the second thing that'll be like, we'll go deeper with the client to do that, but it's, it's, it's insight into fraud rates. They might be a part of, cause that's one of the amazing things that their OID can do. They can identify fraud rings, you know, one cost, one group, and then start to tie that behavior together and say, oh, it looks like these two other customers are, are, are fraud ring. And we're looking to get people up and running with that as fast as we possibly can. Um, and so we've mutually agreed, let's get that out to people and make it something that they can just get going with. It's not possible to make it like a true default thing in the sense of there's a little bit of work that the customer has to do to get up. They have to put a piece of JavaScript on their page to track the behavior. So that's something we can't sort of snap our fingers and have happen. So we want to give an incentive to our customers, both to get going with it and something that we think is really important, which is that they get these alerts if they might be uh, under a fraud attack. Second part of this is full-blown neuro ID in combination with what we're doing, which is use those, all that beautiful proof of work that we're going to make it, making it really hard for them to not look like fraudsters, start to get those signals and help use that to make a distinction about what's next for the customer. This goes back to what I was talking about before. Safe and seamless is Alloy's goal. Safe for the customer that's offering the product and seamless for the user. All right, so anything that we want to do because we're suspicious of a user to add extra friction in the identity verification or even payment verification after account opening process, we want to do it because we have a good reason. The product that NeuroID is, is now taking to market is a set of signals that come from pre-submit data that can help you go, okay, which fork in the road should we take this customer down? The high friction, but still totally doable route that a fraudster probably can't get through and a good user can't. We only want to put people that we have a reason down that route or the low friction. This looks totally good. And if nothing else is wrong or serious, you know, downstream of that, we're going to try to get them right into this account and get them activated very quickly so they can become an activated user and I'll uh, pay back that beautiful cat that this fintech company has outlaid to get them into the door. And so that's how we're thinking about this too. We're trying to get people going, also give a lot of value and sort of this crowd level, you know, like let's make sure people don't undergo through fraud attacks. We're making that a free thing that we want everyone to use. We just think it's important that they use it and also want to give them some incentive to get set up. And then downstream of that, the orchestration, hey, which fork in the road should we go to? Do we need the high friction? Everything's got to be fine or the, you know, let's see if we can pass them straight. And that seems like the big new thing here. I mean, everybody's had to sign up for a bank and the credit, like all these things that just have a hundred steps. And part of the reason is because there's a chance that you might be a fraudster and we won't know until you hit submit. So the new thing here is that you can catch if someone's good early and make that whole process easier downstream. Right. Well, at least have a suspicion, a strong reason to know which side you're going to go to before you hit submit. And so we can customize the process from there with context instead of just guessing. Just to package it up kind of neatly on the, on the product offering. So again, we're looking at, as you said, packing the pre-submit world, that's what's new is unlocking all these taps, types, and swipes. So the use cases are really twofold. One is we're going to start watching the crowd. So think of application performance monitoring for your digital onboarding journey. You're monitoring and alerting in real time we see behavior that is changing at scale. So gone are the days of waiting to reactively see why velocities went up on the backside, trying to parse through that data and figure out 
was this a successful marketing campaign or was this a fraud or bot attack? We're alerting the customers in real time. If you're an Alloy customer and you have this deployed, you'll be alerted, but then they'll also be socializing that as a value add to the rest of the customers to incent them to install the JavaScript as well. As the crowd gets smarter, everybody gets protected from these fraud attacks. The second piece, the same JavaScript that's delivering that crowd level product we call crowd alert is also driving ID orchestrators. So that's the next level that they could take up, which is red, yellow, greening those customers. Are they familiar with their PII? Did they enter it? A very powerful new signal to take all the amazing tools that Alloy's put on the backside and use those better. And when we look at the problem, there's definitely existential threat and risk on fraud attacks. We're seeing them crop up. We saw four and a half million accounts on board it. So there is that massive existential fraud and risk problem, but it's interesting to see that the false decline problem because of the fear of fraud, because of how tightly we've ratcheted down the fraud rules, the false decline problem is being measured at 70 times larger than the global fraud and risk problem. So saying no, not being able to see our good customers very early in the process during this pre-submit process is basically making us say no to good customers or not giving them a chance or underbanked customers a chance to even have a product. So it's a powerful one-two punch that protects the digital onboarding journey and then orchestrates for a better outcome. The thing that keeps going through my mind now is Patrick Collison saying the word counterfactual. There's this big counterfactual that you just don't have of all the people that you've blocked and how much they might spend and all of that. But you said it's 70 times bigger than the fraud problem, which to my understanding is a big problem. What's the dollar amount on that false block problem? Well, I mean, Packy, you invested a lot of fintech companies. How much is their customer acquisition unit costs, right? Like times a lot. I think it's five to 25% of customers are, are lost. So one thing we know is that customers who are not given account and active account activation processes immediately upon applying for accounts, because you're in the mindset, I want a credit card, give me the credit card. Did I get the credit card? Like if that isn't instant, those customers are three to 10 times less valuable because they're one and a half to three times less likely to ever activate. And then if they do activate, they don't make it their default card on, at, you know, on Apple wallet, they don't make it their express transit, whatever, whatever sort of thing could happen where it goes top of wallet, it becomes diminishingly less likely that'll happen. So at worst, these customers are basically non-customers. They get accounts, but they're like, might as well not be customers. And yeah. then there's all of the customers who never get accounts because they're declined as suspected fraud. And I think five to 30%, five to 35%. And then, you know, customer acquisition costs range from, they're insane right now. So I don't even yeah. know, like 500 to $10,000, depending on what you're doing. So then that's the math. And it's really important math. And you say that to people and say that to people for years, they all know it. Always like, oh, you're wrong. Like everyone agrees. It's like, what are you going to do about it? Well, it's like an art and science thing that we're going to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out. And here's another element of how we're going to solve it. If you were applying for my consulting job, you'd be hired. Be a consultant? Because you mean like that's that's like the business consultant, like show your work thinking through the market size problem. I was going to try to act like consultant at Alloy to do consulting work for us. I don't know. <laughs> don't touch my non-existent consultant, please. I mean, like this is a, obviously an ongoing quest for you to figure this out on behalf of your customers. For the people who are listening, who are entrepreneurs, who are running growing companies, I want to get into the weeds a little bit of like how this came together and how you work on a partnership. So like 
who approached who. Tommy, how do you evaluate the different players in the market and decide who to partner with? How do you decide to make it an integration versus a bigger thing? What are like the things you're both watching to see if if this is going to be a valuable partnership? Like, I want to hear all the nuts and bolts so that somebody could listen to this and then like go out and do a partnership. Let me take a crack at it first. So we have been integrated in Alloy's API for a while. And when we really think about our first path to market, I think this is really indicative of what the power of behavior is. If you think about the post-submit world, we had been gathering all of that data and then putting it in the form of consumable attributes. We call them ID attributes. And that would be put into the ML model and help fill gaps that traditional data sources might not be able to hit. But in a post-submit use case, uh, the good news for us was we knew that that pre-submit data was very valuable for adding and filling in gaps inside of existing fraud stacks. And it, in some cases, we saw large enterprises reduce historical fraud rates by as much as 35%. We also saw them use this ahead of painful verification friction like bank login and increase conversion by 200%. But we were really kind of going at the problem from the back of the stack in the post-submit world. What we learned as we watched our technology catch crowd-level behavior and spot fraud attacks and bot rings in this big problem on the pre-orchestration side that the real superpower of our technology wasn't just to sit as another source of data in the post-submit world, but rather bring that technology forward and do what only behavior can do for the first time, putting risk and fraud leaders on their front foot, giving them proactive protection instead of sleeping with one eye open and wondering when the next attack's gonna come. The second thing that we did is realized how powerful what we learned on the attribute side could be for that first read, that, that screening identity at scale, down at, are you who you say you are? And we realized that that, that was one of the most powerful frictionless pre-submit, pre-screening of identity that could be done. So. When I look at our partnership, it, it started with the traditional API integration and best-in-class data source on the backside. But what made the partnership very strategic is unpacking this pre-submit layer, which I think Tommy referred to them as tiebreaker analytics. There's so many people that are on the edge of being declined or stepped up or on the edge of being approved on that 70X problem we talked about, but there just hasn't been a signal early on that allowed them to start moving in that direction. We've done that. For large enterprises, one at a time, what's exciting for me is to do that now at scale with our partner, Alloy. Everything Jack just said, that's exactly that frame of what we're doing and like why it's exciting. How did it happen? I don't remember who, but might've been Jack from NeurID reached out to me at some point. I was in a train station. So this must've been like before the pandemic or maybe I was taking trains in 2020. I don't remember, but I was in a train station and they've been reaching out to us and saying like, Let's partner, let's partner. And, and I had said what I say to everyone, which is mostly true, which is like, let's do, let's do an integration. And then if you have clients and we have clients, let's put them together. And this doesn't have to be a money thing for us. This is where our product does. So let's do an integration and then go sell some clients. And that's great. Walker Forehand, who's on our board, started spending a lot of time with Jack and started educating me on some of the things they were doing with clients that just might not have been intuitive to me. And he was like, Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. My dumbass still couldn't be bothered. So <laughs> did. then our product manager for our integrations, um, Harris Chen, shout out to Harris. Then he also really started saying like, I think this is interesting. 
Like I, I think we can do things with this and then I could be bothered. So that's when we did the uh, integration side of it, which actually isn't even my decision. It doesn't matter. I don't have to be involved. Harris advocated for it. So it happened. But then I started to spend more time with Jack and just try to know like, well, what can we do with this? Like our clients come with ideas about what they want to do. That's our business. And so that's great. And that's mostly what we do. But back to you ask, like, how does the transition to be something else that's not client driven? The second one is really a credit to Jack, which is that Jack just spent a bunch of time trying to think about like, Alloy does this. They usually don't give advice outside of this specific set of boxes that are like, here's how you would choose and could use this stuff that we've seen be really effective from an architectural standpoint. How would you put these puzzle pieces together in a way that makes sense? He spent a bunch of time with our team coming to understand the way we give advice and the problems we are trying to solve that we were like willing to solve ourselves versus say that's not, there's a bunch of people who solve that problem, evaluate them and pick one. And he figured out that crowd level intelligence and the, can we tell people instead of like watching your dashboard all the time, and we'll send you an alert when we think you're under a fraud attack was one of the problems we were trying to solve. We want to be able to solve that problem of like trying to draw attention to when something might be going on. I was really obsessed with this fraud problem that I found that it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I did not want to see the customer experience degraded from my seat out that I was going to have alignment if there was an idea about how we could give people an architectural idea about like, how would you put this together to solve that? And Jack came to me and it was like 10 minute conversation. And he said, I think I, I think I solved how to make you like really want to go fast on this. And I was like, oh, he's amazing. You think you can solve it? And he pulled up a deck and it was like five minutes. And I was like, you will hundred percent solved it. <laughs> I'm thrilled on both of these ideas. Not that I need to be, because there's a million other people who can convince the alloy to be thrilled and then they'll do it. But I don't be involved in like, I usually not, I'm not the most influential person in a lot of areas. But on this one, I was like, you have got, you've, you've got me hook, line and sinker. I'm all in on this. Then we started educating both sides, both teams of like what our idea was around this and how we would explain it to people and how we would. It's not even to take it to market. It's not like a money thing. It's like how we would just go bring it to the clients and explain to them why it was good and how we explain to the two teams why it's kind of exactly aligned with what all teams are doing. And everyone else got it really, really easily. First of all, Jack has put together some amazing, legendary, legendary game-changing partnerships at Count and, and now doing it at NeuroID. So he's just a good person to get to know around that. But my main advice is... Really just focus on understanding. Don't try to do service level. Don't try to just pitch, hey, why don't we partner? Why don't we partner? Play that consultant role. Try to understand the two. What do these companies like to do and not like to do? Where do they try to add value? Where do they feel like good when they can bring something to their clients? Versus where do they feel like weird about it? How does the technology get put together? What's the friction there? Try to solve that puzzle in your mind and bring them like the right solution. Not the solution that... Actually, in this case, I think it's like sort of perfect for both sides. I don't think we really had to degrade it at a level for either side. But even if you did, you, you take yours down a little bit to fit it into the other side so that it's really, really natural. You go from a two-year partnership that never really gets anywhere. It is kind of there. to like a three-month partnership that rocket ships. That's where to focus and you have to set your ego aside, put your thinking cap on and, and, and go after it with that mindset and then, then it can work. That was a beautiful answer. And the one thing that like really just kind of resonated and hit me from things that I've been a part of is this idea of figuring out the thing that makes the other side feel good about bringing to their customers versus making them feel weird. Because I have that all the time now, even like in kind of my role doing 
investing stuff where one portfolio company will say to the other, you know, like we should, or I will say to me, can you introduce me to them? And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like absolutely. I would feel awesome if I got to make that introduction. And other times I'm like, uh, it feels like a sale. Like, it feels like I'm selling on your back and like, I'm happy to do it. But like, ah, so I, that, that feeling just like really resonates. And that's a good, like kind of tell. I think investors have this all the time. Actually, Walker had it until he didn't, right? He was like, you should do something. You should do something. But now he's a hero, right? Investors have a lot of this. You should partner. You should partner. And sometimes it is square pet and route hole. And we're to the realm. Impressively, to avoid that. And, uh, and you can avoid it. I think if you're creative, set your ego aside, put your cap on, it can be that beautiful. So now that you're, now that you've, you've done the work, you've put the, the round peg in the round hole, things are up and running. What success look like? I, I can take a crack from our side. So first of all, thank you, Tommy. It, partnerships like this don't happen without people that are innovative and really focused on advancing everything for the customer, for the platform at the highest level. My mission is to, to help Tommy and team turn their identity platform into a conversion platform. We definitely need better identity, but not just on catching fraud and risk. We need our good customers very early on and move away from single digit conversion to something that replicates more like what it used to be when, when we did business in person. So for us, strategically understanding their business and helping them advance to tell a conversion story with hard numbers behind it and create better outcomes for customers. We're deeply committed to that and it's mutually beneficial. We launched these products uh, to market yesterday. Um, you know, Alloy needs these for their customers. Direct customers need protection, product protection, the crowd and to orchestrate for better outcomes. And I think the, the comment on CAC, we're hearing that across the board that in some cases CAC in the last six months, 12 months, and doesn't appear to be heading anywhere else. So the pressure to do more with the people that are coming is great. So you have this lever of increasing fraud and risk, but also cost is going up for acquiring a customer. And so giving identity and fraud leaders who I think have the toughest job out there, proactive protection to watch and alert the crowd day one, creation to take the tools and the customers that they brought to the site and, and get more value out of it. That's a powerful one-two punch. So we're thrilled to be launching it uh, on the Alloy platform and to the market in general. One of the reasons it's easy to get me to talk about this topic is there's no real way that I can see, this is not a direct like moneymaker, especially for us. Like it's not something we're trying to sell. It's not something where we have any of our goals around it. The success metrics at Alloy, and you ask anyone like, I, I, nobody at Alloy knows how much this product would, will ever cost at any point. Nobody knows because it's not what we're talking about. If I could make two metrics of success, I would say like fraud, fraud that they're not flailing, you know, just like searching for solutions, trying to push for negative outcomes for customers to hit their KPIs, which no fraud leaders want to do. This is not why people like become fraud leaders. That's not what anybody wants. So I would say the confidence that you have the tool that you need and the control that it's like a soft thing, but I, it's, it's those customer success stories of can we you know, turn somebody around who is in crisis? How many of those can we turn around? How many folks can we help go from a world where they thought they were just going to keep degrading conversion experiences and, and turn it around? Eventually at scale, it's probably like long-term. It's like avoiding those things ever happening in the first place. But right now, I'm really on a mission to go find non-customers and customers that are undergoing some version of a crisis of identity, a crisis of fraud, and a crisis of conversion. Turn those around, give them the confidence and the control, and really turn it into a strength. 
I think we've done that historically. Like Alloy, that's been one of the things that's been how we've been successful is getting ahead of like, what's the best way you can kind of go about architecting how to be in control. I think we need this. I think we need this pre-submit data now in the car world that we are in. So we got to go get it in people's hands and we got to get those success stories and, and, and turn around some of those, some of those projects. This was as much fun as I've had doing one of these. So I think maybe it's just going to be three people all wearing black shirts from here on out. <laughs> Jack and Tommy, where can people learn more about both of your companies and about the partnership and go out and, and buy the product and protect their customers? We're at neuro-id.com. And uh, yeah, happy to, you can reach out to me directly as well at ja at neuro-id.com. Happy to take any of any and all questions. Awesome. And we're alloy.com. Um, uh, it's Tommy at alloy.com. We were at alloy.co for a long time, but we got the, uh, the .com from the teen clothing brand, I think is what it was recently. So if you're looking for teen clothing from the nineties, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to find that, but you will find incredible identity orchestration and not to mention credit decision and transaction monitoring at alloy.com. A lot of great information there. I mean, conversion rates have been a big topic of this conversation. So I got to ask when someone comes to alloy.com looking for nineties teen fashion, what percent do you convert into alloy customers? Oh, it's our highest converting segment. The teen fashion market crossover with fraud leaders is neat. It's like daylight between them. That's incredibly convenient. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. This was a blast uh, and I'll talk about you soon. All right. Talk to you later.